Hello, everybody, and welcome to Roar. My name is Sam Spellman, and thank you so much for checking out the podcast, listening in, being a part of the conversation. Um, today, I got some cool stuff I want to talk about, some sweet old scriptures. And uh, this show, if it's your first time listening in, it's all about revealing our amazing Redeemer. That's what ROAR stands for. And uh, we just get into the Word of God. We get it's like Think of it like the best digital Bible study to ever grace the planet. That's big words. It's probably not the best one, but it's definitely a good one. And so we're going to get into Hosea, or Hosea, or Hosea, Hosea, I believe is how it's pronounced. Chapter 14 is the very end of the book. Um, One of the smaller prophets here. And there's something that is said, and it's a plea for repentance. At least that's the little, um, what do you call it, headliner thing on my Bible. Um, It's a plea for repentance. And so I want to get into that and just talk about how repentance and how we view the Lord. Um, This isn't going to be a long conversation, but it is going to be, I think, a very powerful one because how we relate to God is very important. How we view the Lord is very important. And how we don't allow the goodness of God to ever come into question is very important. Um, Because it's, it's easy to look at things from a punitive standpoint. And by punitive, I just mean punishment is involved. Punishment is due. Um, and that is true, but that's what Jesus died for. Jesus came and he says he took our burden. He carried our shame. He has all of the sins of the world were put on him. So the punishment was fulfilled and has been fulfilled. So for me to live a godly life, that punishment mindset, that idea, that pressure that somehow I'm going to get punished, I'm just, it's finally going to come around. That has to be um, eliminated from my thinking because if that's the motivator trying to avoid punishment, if that's my motivator for every action, if that's why I do what I do is to try to dodge, you know, this, well, I don't want to get judged. I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to do the wrong thing. I don't, and that's the only motivator. I'm not saying doing the wrong thing is correct, but I am saying the motivation of the heart, if it's from that fear and that punitive place, I, uh, I'm actually setting myself up to fail in a lot of ways, and I'm actually projecting myself and launching myself um, towards that. It's like my trajectory, you know, is headed that way because of just the mindset. But repentance clears that mindset. That's what true repentance reestablishes us on the rock of God, and it reestablishes on um, reestablishes sorry us on God's love. So Hosea, Hosea. Chapter 14, verse 1 says, Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Now, we all can relate to this. Um, We all can see how it makes sense to stumble. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, the Bible says. We all know what it feels like to just biff it. Um, But verse 2, he says this, Take words with you and return to the Lord. So there's a very clear connection and repentance to what I'm saying. When I repent, it's that's why an apology carries so much. That's why forgiveness carries so much. This is a book that displays God's forgiveness for his people. Jesus' words were words, you know, that save, words that forgive, words that redeem. Um, and so he says, take words with you. 
So it's going to take an exercising of our words. It says, by grace through faith, we are saved. But we also believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. When we say a a sinner's prayer or we make a declaration to the Lord, we give our lives to the Lord. Whenever that happens, that involves our words. So there's when it comes to these spiritual things, words are very important. How I speak is very important. What I say is very important. Take words with you and say to him, this is verse 2, Take away all iniquity and accept that which is good, and we will offer the fruit of our lips. Assyria will not save us. We will not ride on horses. We will no longer say, Our God, to the works of our hands. In your in you, the orphan finds mercy. So there's a lot of really powerful things in here. <laughs> they they come with this place and this communication of um, giving up the things that used to give them security, but turning to God. So in repentance, there's this element of these things that I have believed in, these things that I have exercised, these things that I have put my trust in over God, over the word of God, over the love of God. Um, over God himself, these things that I have put first, I'm giving them up. I am repenting. I am reestablishing. Um, you can think of it as re- resetting. You know, it's like hitting the reset button almost. And, you know, when repentance is grifted, grifted, excuse me, is gifted to us, when repentance is granted to us through the Holy Spirit, through the word, um, when that repentance comes and that, that raises up um, and the Lord leads us into that, there's a word, there's a, there's something that we can activate. Um, and that activation comes when we are letting go of the things that bound us, that we put our trust in, and we are actually reestablishing that connection with the Father. It's a realignment. Um, the word repent, if you've ever listened to this podcast before, if you've heard any um, teaching of my family or myself, you know, penthouse, repent. So you're coming back to the top. You're reestablishing the connection to the head of the body, to Jesus, to the Father, to the Holy Spirit, you are you're repenting, you are reestablishing, reconnecting, realigning. Um, it's a it's a gift that God's given us that every day we can come to Him. He says His mercies are new every day. Jesus talked about forgiveness, and when He taught us to forgive, He talked about like seven. I think it's seven times seventy. It's like in a day, and it's for like the same thing. So if someone comes to you and repents with their words, renounces, hey. I should, you know, I shouldn't have done that. I'm so sorry. Would you please forgive me? I, I recognize that I, I wronged you. I, cro- I mean, there's a clear communication. There's a clear responsibility. There's a clear acknowledgement. There's a clear will to change, and there's a desire for forgiveness that comes. When those things are all released, you must forgive. That's what Jesus said. You must forgive them. So if that's how us in the image of God and the at the level that we're at must forgive, how great is the mercy of God? How great is his goodness? It says, his goodness leads men to repentance. God is a good God. Again, back to the beginning. Never let the goodness of God come into question. Never let his motive of goodness come into question because he is only good. He is light and life. It all comes from him. Every good thing, the Bible says, comes from the Father. So anything that is even good, that is even remotely close to the category of good, right? (laughs) That is good and of itself, it comes from him. So that's a reality. It has to be so set 
in stone. And that's why even when you read in Deuteronomy, um, and Moses is talking to the Israelites, and you read about how he talks about how our God is a rock. You see that multiple times. Our God is a rock. Our God is a rock. In other words, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible says that God is the Alpha and the Omega. Excuse me, Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, God, right? He is the beginning and the end. So he's a rock. He's consistent throughout all of time. The Bible calls him the rock of ages. So there's this imagery, there's this picture that is clearly established to us that God's not changing. His goodness is not changing. His love is not changing. But what needs to change? Whenever there is a direction in our life where we kind of pull off course, we kind of, we, we do something we know we shouldn't have done, we say something, we put our foot in our mouth, we, you know, harm somebody, we don't walk in love, we act selfishly, whatever the thing is that we realize this is, this is not right, this is wrong. Um, letting those things be washed, number one, believe they're washed in the blood of Jesus on the cross, but then realigning ourselves through repentance, continuing to stay in the Spirit. Galatians talks about walking in the Spirit, living by the Spirit, staying in the Spirit, staying in this place of realizing, I have been cleaned. I am seated like Ephesians. I am seated in heavenly places. I am established, and by the blood of the cross, I've been purchased. He, yet while I was his enemy, he sent his son for me, and he's redeemed me. By grace, I've been saved. But, so it's like, let those things become the, the meditations of our mind and the focus of our eyes and our vision. So that way, repentance is the best avenue, and it's able to function in our lives. And we got to say it. So back to this, they renounce these things, they renounce, no longer say our God to the works of our hands, so they're very clearly addressing the idolatry in their life, the distraction in their life. And verse 4, it says this, I will heal their backsliding, I will love them freely, for my anger has turned away from him. I will be like the dew to Israel, he shall grow like a lily, talking about Israel, that's the people that repent, right? They will grow like a lily, and they shall strike his roots like Lebanon. His branches will spread out, and his beauty shall be like the olive tree, and the fragrance of him that like of Lebanon. Those that dwell under the shadow of the Lord will return. They will flourish like the grain and grow as a vine. Their fragrance will be like the wine of Lebanon. O Ephraim, what have I to do with idols? Is it I who answer and look after him? I am like a green fig tree." Your fruit is found in me. God is very clearly in this. He's talking about Jesus. He's There's a parallel here to Christ um, and being the root that comes up and the branches of Christ, which as a born-again believer, we are under, we are connected to him. Think about a husband and a wife. The Bible calls us the bride of Christ. Bride typically resolves, or excuse me, resides in this area. You could say under the branches of her husband and is covered and protected. Kind of the same imagery here you can fit. Um, but it says this in verse 9, kind of at the end. Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is prudent, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the just will walk in them. But the transgressors stumble in the ways of the Lord. Now this is very powerful because the ways of the Lord are the ways of um, receiving. They're the ways of, of growing and they're the ways of life. They're peaceful. Jesus said, follow me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light and I will give rest to your soul. So Jesus, he's, his way of doing when you walk as a believer, when you're walking with Christ, when you follow him, like he said to all of his disciples, he said, follow me. 
when you're in that place of following the Lord, when you're you're pursuing after God, you're reading the word, you're praying, you're you're following Jesus in your everyday life. You're you're involved with church, you're involved with a body of believers, a fellowship. You you are connected, you know, all of those things that you do when you're following. Um there's an easiness and there's a lightness that comes with it. And that is the biggest motivator. That is the most powerful truth. And the enemy is always going to come to try to steal that. That's why repentance keeps us and helps us to like, it's like, um, think of it this way. You know, when a toddler's learning to walk and this is true, I believe, you know, when you first really start to follow the Lord, sometimes it feels like you're repenting all the time. It's like, Lord, I totally miss that again. Lord, I'm so, and there's almost, there's a very easy, um, way to get discouraged and become, you know, the lie that, you know, I'm just failing so hard. This is, I am not doing this right. And the enemy is very quick to jump on that. But think of it this way. Put this picture up. And again, it goes back to the goodness of God. When a baby is first learning to walk, toddler, they're first getting their feet under them. When we're born again, we have new feet put under us. We're a new creation, the Bible says. So there's a new way of living, a new way of walking, talking, believing, thinking, looking, hearing. I mean, all of these things can really become, they're very fresh and very new. Well, for a baby, walking again, walking is very new. Figuring out how do I put my right foot in front of my left this way? How do I walk with this set of legs that I've been given? When we've been born again, learning to walk in the ways of God with the the ways of Jesus on our spiritual legs, our godly legs, so to speak, it takes a little bit of practice. But repentance is like the Father. It's such a intimate dynamic. When a baby first learns to walk, they're like step by step by step by step, and uh, they fall down typically. I mean, I've never seen a baby just get up and just take off running for the first time. There's typically kind of a crawling, a stumbling, a maybe one foot, maybe just standing first and then falling, and then maybe one step and then falling, maybe two steps, then falling. But what does the father do or the mother? They come, they hold the hand, they're, they're there with them. The Holy Spirit holds our hand. He is our comforter. When you've been born again, you receive the Holy Spirit. He he is like, he's holding our hands. He's helping us. He's like, okay, you know, I said this in the word. You got to take this right foot. I said this in the left. You got to take this left foot. You got to, you know, he's like, keep your balance. Keep your balance. The Holy Spirit operates like that. The Father operates like that through his spirit and through his word and through Jesus, right? So then we're learning to walk and then we stumble. Well, the Father's attitude towards the Son is not, you idiot. I can't believe you. You can't walk. You have two legs, don't you? That's not how the father is. He's a good father. He does not bash his kids. He says, okay, okay, come on. Let's get up and let's do it again. All right. Give me your hands. Okay. Next right right foot. Oh, come on. Let's get up again. And he's patient. All of patience came from the father. It's a fruit of the spirit. Our father is the great father. (laughs) the great spirit, for lack of a better word. He is the father. The Bible says the father is spirit. So the fruit of the spirit, the father, patience, love, joy, right? You read about the fruit of the spirit in Galatians chapter five. That is all, that's his character. That's how our father is. He's patient. He's kind. He's faithful. He has self-control. Our father teaches us these things as we learn to walk. It's like, okay, let's let's be a little more patient this time. See, see how I'm patient, right? I'm not. It's okay. Come on. Our father teaches us that way. He's like a good father. As, as we learn to walk, repentance is when the father helps us back up. When he gives and extends his grace, he extends his mercy, 
right? And he says, all right, come on, let's, let's get back up. I'm, I'm granting you repentance here. Let's turn around here. Let's, let's get back up. The blood of my son has covered your sin. You're falling, you're failing, your, your shortcomings. It's all covered. You're a new creation. Let's get back up. Come on. And he begins to walk us up into a place. And then eventually we're not repenting as much for those things that we used to repent for. Why? Because we've got our legs under us. We can run. Then as we grow up, man, we're just cooking it. We're growing, we're running. Then you think about a toddler, when do they start falling? Well, because they get maybe a little overzealous. They realize what they got. And then sometimes they're like, wait, 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 you got to slow down now. Let's be patient. Patience comes into these things. And and you can see this picture, you know, how the father teaches us, grows us, cultivates us, you know, and he, he helps us to walk, you know, as he walked in his ways. Like he says, whoever is wise, let him understand. In other words, see these things. Understand what I'm talking about. Whoever's prudent has that initiative. Let him know them and walk in them. I added walk in them. For the ways of the Lord are right. And the just, or the upright, those who have been righteously redeemed by the blood of the cross, that's me, I'm right, I'm just in the Lord, will walk in them. But the transgressors, those who are not trusting the Father, not keeping their eyes on the one who's saying, "Come on, keep walking this way," they stumble. They they don't they don't they don't have the feet under him. So let's let's learn today. Let's not be those transgressors. Let's walk in the ways that God's shown us. The Bible says, "In His light we have more light. We see more light. In Him we move and we have our being." So focus on the light today. Focus on the goodness. Focus on every step that He's given you today. Don't let the other things pull you aside and distract you, but focus on him and let the father pull you up and lead you and help you to become a better, uh, better walker every day. Right? Anyway, well, that's about all I have for today. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, the conversation, the little study, the, the, uh, the good stuff, huh? Um, anyway, if you want to get involved with Family Mission, the ministry, know more about myself, check the description below. There's our website. You can subscribe. You can follow the podcast. Um, you can get in touch with us. Any questions, anything you want me to talk about on the show, you can leave a comment or, uh, yeah, just just let me know. Be in touch. And, uh, yeah, just check us out and love you guys. So thank you so much for listening and like to leave with the blessing because our father's a good father and he wants us blessed and he wants us to know it. So may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.